Hello and welcome to the Tech Narratives podcast. My name is Ian Dawson. This is episode 67, the episode for Friday, September 29th, and our last episode for the week. I have eight items that I've written about on the site today for subscribers that I will run you through, and then there will be five items at the end to round up as well. We'll kick things off today with a story about Google, uh, which is reportedly working on an Echo Show competitor. So this would be a screen-based uh, voice speaker along the lines of Amazon's Echo Show. Uh, if you listen to yesterday's podcast, you'll have heard me made a, make a reference to this because somebody approached me with similar uh, reporting, and I simply didn't have the resources or time yesterday to go looking into this and try to confirm it myself. So I'm glad that TechCrunch uh, did do some digging on this, seemingly found some other sources that confirmed the basics of it. So. Uh, this looks like a very similar device to the Echo Show, something that may or may not launch in the near future. Sounds like it was originally targeted for launch sometime next year. It's possible we'll see it at next week's Google event. By the way, as part of the Beyond Devices podcast, which I also record every week and in the News Roundup episode that I recorded earlier today, I did a sort of preview of Google's event next week. So if that's of interest to you, go check that episode out as well. Uh, for now, this provides additional evidence, obviously, uh, for the assertion that Google yanked YouTube from Echo Show as a purely competitive move rather than for any other reason. Number two, uh, second piece from TechCrunch, who kind of dominate today's links, actually. Uh, Apple has apparently acquired a small French photo analysis company. Uh, it's a tiny company, really not much funding to date, so probably quite a, a low-key investment for Apple. Uh, but this company, rather than analyzing the content of photos to try to figure out what's in the photo, for example, something that Apple's already quite good at, this one is about uh, figuring out which photo is technically best out of, say, a burst of shots. Uh, or figuring out which two photos might be duplicates of each other. And so these are obviously technologies that would be very useful to Apple, both in the iPhone and on the Mac for managing photo libraries for automatically selecting the best photo from a burst uh, set of shots, for example, as the prime photo, things like that. So uh, Apple has obviously done a lot with cameras over the last few years, really focused on those as a key differentiator for the iPhone. It hasn't done nearly as much on the photo management, photo storage, photo analysis side. We've seen more of that over the last couple of years. It feels like Apple's pretty serious about this space now. This little acquisition would help them uh, to further all of that work a little bit more. Number three, uh, we talked yesterday about Roku's IPO and how their stock uh, blasted off very nicely yesterday, ended up um, going up again today. It's almost doubled since the original price from yesterday morning. Rovio, however, uh, IPO'd today and had a rather different experience, ending the day pretty much flat with where it started. Rovio, of course, is the Finnish company that makes the Angry Birds mobile games. It's been through several phases in its life, had a, an initial phase with a really hot original version of the Angry Birds game. Um, has uh, gone through a bit of a dip since then, uh, licensed some of its IP for a movie, which was not really enormously successful. Now back to focusing on mobile games. Still has mostly just that one franchise, but has managed to do clever things in terms of spreading that franchise into multiple different gameplay modes and so on. But this is still very much a second tier set of mobile apps at this point. None of its current apps are anywhere near as popular as the really big popular games globally. Uh, and so there's some upside there, but this just isn't that exciting an IPO. And, and so as a result, the stock hasn't really popped. Number four, uh, alongside this week's hardware announcements, it seems Amazon's actually announced Fire OS 6, the latest versions of the operating system that runs on its tablets and its Fire TV devices. This, of course, is a fork, a proprietary fork of 
uh, Google's Android operating system, uh, something that uh, Amazon launched a few years back. This Fire OS 6 is based on Nougat, which is actually last year's version of Android. So it's about a year behind where the core Android fork is at this point, um, but updated significantly from the previous version, which was based on a combination of Lollipop and Marshmallow features. Uh, not clear exactly which devices this will come to. It will come to the Fire TV that was announced this week. Uh, not clear when it might come to tablets. Also not clear whether it might include any of those Android features that are special to Nougat, whether those will carry through to uh, Fire OS, but a good reminder of yet another front in this complicated relationship between Amazon and Google, where Amazon makes a bunch of devices that basically take Android for free, provide Google absolutely no benefit, and provide Amazon quite a bit of benefit in the process. Number five, Recode reports that uh, just as Twitter earlier in the week said that it had received some data from Facebook about the Russian accounts that were involved in election meddling last year and investigated those on its own platform, it appears that Facebook's also given that data to Google to help it in its investigation of uh, Ru Russian influence on the elections last year. Um, no additional sort of details coming out about what Google might have found based on that data. Twitter was harangued by at least a couple of congressmen yesterday over not really doing enough of its own to investigate Russian influence on Twitter during the election last year. So uh, Google may want to be a bit more careful, take its time to really look into this before it uh, provides broad reporting on what it's found here. But uh, good to see these companies kind of sharing information as they're all trying to deal with, to some extent, the same problem. Number six, uh, linking here to a story from Mashable about Amazon's uh, first attempt at streaming a Thursday night football game as part of its new deal with the NFL. Uh, it has the rights to... Uh, I can't remember exactly how many, a dozen or so games this year, uh, taking the place of Twitter, which had those rights last year. Amazon streamed the first of those Thursday night football games last night. And the stream itself seems to have largely gone off without a hitch, didn't have too many technical problems, which have tended to afflict uh, companies getting into the streaming, live streaming business for the first time, uh, and especially sort of popular new content. Uh, HBO's had issues with that several times in the past, for example. Amazon seemed to do that fairly well, bar uh, an audio bug that was quickly fixed. Uh, but the most notable thing about this is that Amazon didn't do anything very Amazon-y with the stream. Uh, the only thing that was really innovative about the stream was that it offered two different audio feeds, uh, one that sounded a lot like, uh, well, was exactly the same feed actually as what you would have got from the TV broadcast. The other one was from people who sound like me and uh, come from a place where football is played with a round ball that's actually kicked with the feet and uh, was designed for all the many Amazon Prime customers who live in other markets where they may not be familiar with the NFL and its rules and so on. Now, that broadcast was actually very popular, but that, as I say, was about the only innovation that Amazon actually provided, and that's not particularly Amazon. No real tie to e-commerce, no tie to other parts of Prime Video, and the stream suffered from the same problem as pretty much every other internet video streaming service, which is that the ads were very repetitive, uh, signaling kind of the fairly low... Uh, supply of ads targeting these online streams still, something that anybody who's watched ESPN3 or anything like that will have seen in the past already. So good scope for Amazon to do some more to innovate around all of this to demonstrate why it and not just any other generic streaming provider should have these rights next year uh, or any other NFL rights going forward as those rights come up for bid. Number seven, the story kind of came late in the day from Business Insider. Uh, I mentioned a few days ago that Mark Zuckerberg had dropped um, or settled uh, and litigation around plans to create a new class of shares that would allow him to give away a lot of his shares while still retaining control of the company at Facebook. 
he dropped that lawsuit, or rather dropped those plans in order to settle the lawsuit, but it appears a lot of the documentation in the lawsuit has been unsealed anyway, and details are starting to emerge from that. One key detail is that Mark Zuckerberg apparently for a while was trying to have Facebook employees work on projects at his Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, which is his personal philanthropic foundation that he runs with his wife. Um, apparently other board members, notably Mark Andreessen, pushed back on that and he dropped those plans. But this is just indicative of some of the worries people had when the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative was first created, that there would be this blurring of lines with Zuckerberg involved with both and trying to potentially swing resources towards it. So it's a clear conflict of interest here. It's good to see that Facebook's board members pushed back on it. But it did make me think about Google over the years, especially in the pre-alphabet period, when Larry and Sergey, the two founders of Google, continuously pursued personal projects and they were at least nominally commercial projects although many of them were a long way from uh, generating any kind of revenue um, but lots of personal passion projects that were invested in with google's money shareholders money ultimately um, and they didn't get any kind of blowback from that largely because it happened within the confines of google a lot of that stuff was fairly secretive and low profile and investors really have no direct oversight over it so these things are clearly different um, but there are some echoes, and I think the fact that Zuckerberg is pursuing his personal projects outside of Facebook actually highlights these conflicts of interest, which is a good thing. But as I say, it's also a good thing that the board pushed back and ultimately those plans were dropped. And then lastly, a story about Google, again, breaking fairly late in the day. This one from Bloomberg, from uh, Mark Gurman and Mark Bergen, the Apple and Google reporters at Bloomberg, respectively, um, about Google providing some new tools for people who are uh, high-risk or otherwise high-profile users of Google services and who want an additional layer of security. And so this seems to be, at least in part, a response to a hack last year of uh, John Podesta, um, a prominent sort of Democrat um, political operative uh, who had his Google account hacked. And so this, these new tools combine new ways to log in that are more secure and also put limits on third-party apps getting access to your Google account and so on as a way of reducing uh, possible attack vectors for hackers and so on. And so this hasn't been announced. This is just something that Google supposedly is going to announce next month. Presumably will be an add-on offered as part of the G Suite to corporate clients for executives, politicians, and other people at higher risk of being hacked. So obviously very topical given all the political stuff that's going on at the moment. That's most mostly about ad buying and influence through social media, but it all connects back to Russia and its various attempts to uh, hack the US political process in both literal and figurative ways, of which that hack last year was likely part as well. So that rounds out the eight items from the site today, just five other items to run you through here at the end, things you might be interested in reading. Variety has a piece about Amazon increasing its production spending for 2018, kicking off with several new shows for next year. So uh, interesting details there about what those shows are and some of the other stuff coming later this year from Amazon and Prime Video. Secondly, Digiday has a piece about Disney uh, pushing advertising on its platform, something it hasn't done a ton of. Uh, a lot of the kids programming on Disney runs without ads today. But it does put some of its content up on YouTube, for example, where ads do run in front of it as pre-roll ads. And so Disney's trying to consolidate all of that, uh, trying to um, f uh, offer a way for advertisers looking for pretty safe content uh, to put advertising up against. So interesting details there about that. Uh, Mary Jo Foley at ZDNet has an interesting piece about uh, Andromeda OS, which is something apparently being worked on at Microsoft at the moment. Uh, sort of various rumors flying around about what that might be. Is this connected to a particular piece of hardware? Is it broader than that? So she does a deep dive into that that's worth reading. Uh, again, Variety has an interview with Roku CEO Anthony Wood. 
uh, obviously in the context of the IPO this week that's gone very well for them. Uh, Anthony Wood seems to have done interviews with a number of different places. This is what I happen to pick up on today. So good additional insight into Roku and what it's up to and kind of how he sees uh, the world for Roku going forward. And then lastly, Business Insider has a deeper dive on Jet.com, which has uh, been owned by Walmart for the past year or so since its acquisition and uh, just kind of how that company has both changed and stayed the same as it's become part of Walmart and really become arguably the sort of e-commerce innovation arm of Walmart during that time. So as usual, links to those pieces as well as my own pieces and the original sources for the eight items I ran through earlier will be in the show notes. So you can go check those out if you're interested in them. Uh, That rounds out the podcast for the week. Thanks very much for listening. As always, uh, go leave a rating, a review somewhere in your podcast app um, or elsewhere if you uh, would like other people to find the podcast too. That would be great. And as always, go check out the site. Uh, Subscribe if you're not a subscriber yet and you'll get access to lots more detail and other content on the site. Thanks very much. Have a great weekend and we'll be back on Monday.